If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelia Jr., and I'm joined by Funke Joseph, formerly of Fanbite. Funke, how's it going? Yo, 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 yo. It is going okay. It's going it's going real medium out over here. It's going totally real all medium. right. Like, <laughs> like, I've seen worse. I've seen better. But we're chilling today, you know? We're Good chilling. morning. I'm very excited to do this episode with you because I, for a very long time, I've actually wanted to make content with you. I've gotten to like sit down. I forget if you were um, during Game Awards last year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Fanbyte did a, a whole stream uh, and I came through and I hung out for a bit. I forgot if I forget if I got to talk on the mic with you. I remember talking with Nikki and, and off of the mic. We spoke for a bit, but not on the mic. I don't think. Yeah, and I think that's probably the one time I've met you in real life, which like you met you you saw me at my most hungover. <laughs> like that was the day after the game awards. And let me tell you, yeah, I yeah. was I was half functioning. I was barely <laughs> hanging in there, but I committed to being on this fan bite stream. So I was like, you mm. know what, man? Let's do it. Let's sit down. Let's talk. And oh boy, was I like was I was I was I barely hanging in there. But it was a good time. I had a <laughs> I had a really fun time uh, meeting everybody over there. Hell yeah. It was nice to have you too. LA is so crazy. That was my first time there, and I was just like whoa, like, the movies are real. Like, this place is a real place. I thought it was fake. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, they, I feel like everyone was kind of on that come down that day because we were all moving like robots. Like, mans were up late last Oh, night. my goodness. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things where, it, because it was, like, we've been through the pandemic uh, for multiple years at that point. You know, mm. things start to happen. Things start to open up. Game Awards was my, f I want to say, my first event that I did um, mm. as, like, a member of Kind of Funny. And so it had been years since I've seen people. And oh, I think all of that energy was, was pent up between everybody, where everybody's <laughs> like, I've not seen games industry people in years. And so we're going to, like, on the, on the night of Game Awards, after the awards, we walk over to the hotel bar, and let's just fucking, like, have a good time. Let's talk to each other. Let's drink. Let's do all that stuff. Yeah. And let's basically stay up right and run the night and like and take back the night i, I should say um but yeah that then leads to the next morning waking up and being like oh i don't want to do anything <laughs> like just get just get me on a plane home i can't do this anymore but it was a, it was a really <laughs> yeah. fun time uh funky of course this week on kind of funny games daily we've been having an or sort of guests uh with the common uh thing of people have been laid off right we've had yes. uh nikki earlier this week um we've had we had jen yesterday right uh, laid off from uh android central uh you're another person from fanbyte a friend from fanbyte uh who unfortunately got laid off last week if i can ask like how's your last week been for you uh it's been kind of uh just like a dream it feels like i i don't even know what's going on it, it was like a really big shock i'm sure you've heard the story a couple of times just like how it happened but it was probably the worst i've ever seen it happen and I'm, like i've been following the games industry for a while and like this just felt out of the blue dude like mm -hmm. we had so many plans and for some dude to just like come up for, like my boss's bosses to come in and be like yeah yeah y'all are on all gone like i was in an interview like i was interviewing the people from wild rift the mobile game for league of legends and i was like doing the interview and i was like okay there's a break in the interview let me check my twitter real quick and I see like editor-in-chief Danielle Riendo be like, hey, I don't have a job. And I was like, huh. That's, that's interesting. That's my editor-in-chief. That's uh, my boss. And then I see yeah. my other boss, John, like also tweet that. Then I was like, something's up. <laughs> like yeah. something is up. So I kind of left the interview. And, and uh, since then, it's been, it's been a weird era. But uh, I don't know. It's, I, I was really down the first day. But then the second day, like a lot of opportunities came in. Like even this, I was like, oh, shit. Like. This is an awesome show. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It's been it's been comforting to realize that this isn't the end of the world. Like I'm 24. This is just getting started in the industry. And I don't know. I'm excited for oh, what's yeah. to come. Have you started thinking about next steps or what you want to do for the time being or in the future? Yeah, uh, I think I want to take like a month or so just relaxing because I've been on a grind since school and then graduated school into job and I haven't like 
relaxed for a while. Uh, so I'm going to do that and then hop into the freelance grind. Uh, but I also want to get into the other side of games, like writing narrative work. That stuff is really, really cool. And in all my critiques and work at Fanbyte, I'm, I always find myself being like, dang, the people who make this stuff are so cool. Like, I want to learn how they're doing that. Like, I want to learn that process. So I've been like putting out feelers and, and slowly getting to the groove of how do you actually crack into that zone? Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. I love that because like, that also feeds into a little bit of what we're going to talk about today on the show. Because of course, oh, like those the news of you know Dunky starting a video game publisher, and as I've been like compiling the news and reading the news and like watching Dunky's video and all this stuff, right? I had had sort of the thought of there is the I don't know if you've heard the idea or the saying of every rapper wants to be a basketball player whereas every basketball player wants to be a rapper i feel yes. like the same goes for like video games media and people uh, in development where like every video games media person or reviewer or critic wants to be a video game developer but every video game developer wants to be like a youtuber or a content creator yeah. we're going to talk about that later in the show but before we get in there my last question uh free well two more questions for you one what did you do at fanbyte when you were there yeah, uh, so I was the featured contributor, uh, and I did a lot of reporting on cyberspace and video games. So that's like interviews, reviews, and op-eds. I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And also video hosting. Like, I, I ran some of the streams and uh, did some, like, one-off video projects and stuff. It was really fun. Like, uh, John Warren hit me up for this position, and it was really flexible and could kind of go into all of the realms of games that I'm interested in. Uh, so it was really cool to test out all that stuff and make really cool stuff with an amazing team that like I still love to this day. They're Heck so yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And then my final question for you is, what is your favorite game of all time? Of all time? Of all Ooh. time. Okay for, okay, for this year, I will have to say Elden Ring, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. But Omega Strikers is pretty fire for game of the year. All time, Omega I gotta say. Omega Strikers. That's the new yeah. one, right? That's the new one. It feels like League of Legends Air Hockey is my best pitch for it. <laughs> yeah, like top I'm, down. I'm it's, fascinated because like I so I went to the preview event for Omega Strikers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And let me tell you, I was so unimpressed. <laughs> like I really? played it. I played one like one match and I was like, I don't really need to play the rest of this. <laughs> we'll see how this pans out. And like I saw it got announced uh, late last week. Uh, yeah. And we didn't recover it. Like I was just like, I don't know, if people are going to care about this as, as much. I'm so mm -hmm. I'm so excited to hear that like there's people out there that are into Omega Strikers that I might. Be I wrong am about way too into that game. Like I've been grinding. I've been laid off, as you know, mm -hmm. and I've been playing that game. And I got to like the top 200 out of 100,000. So like I'm on the the hockey grind. Like I I get it. Hell people yeah. who play so it's like soccer and hockey combined with like a MOBA top down uh, visuals. It's just like my exact kind of shit. So I really, I really mess Amazing. with it. But of all time, I got to say it's Mirror's Edge. Like that game, uh, the parkour. A person of taste. Nice. Okay, yep. I appreciate you. Mirror's Edge doesn't come up season. enough. Yeah. Heck Dude, yeah. Like that's my, one of my favorite games because the gunplay in that game is so weak. It's like the worst guns I've ever played in any game. Mm -hmm. So it really encourages you to like run to off of walls. Yeah, to not use the guns, like do like a full, just like pacifist playthrough where you're just like knocking people out and running and just dodging things. And I think that's so cool from a game design standpoint. Like I, that's the, the shit I really love. Uh, yesterday on PSW, I guess today for people that are um, listening, right? Uh, Jana Garcia, one of the one of the hosts, she had an mm -hmm. amazing quote where she was describing Tinykin, and she was like, "This game is an eight out of ten game that I love, or yeah, an eight out of ten game that I love, like it's a ten out of 10. Mirror's Edge <laughs> is my example of that is an eight out of ten game that I love, like a fucking ten out of ten. I'll uh, play yes! Mirror's Edge. Just, just a heads all up, that, that'll be tomorrow's PSW. Oh, is that tomorrow? What's yeah. wait? What's today? Wait, what, why do we record that so early? Uh, because of schedule stuff. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right, well, I guess you guys will get that episode tomorrow. But yeah, like that Mirror, Mirror's Edge, I'm right there with you. Like, as, Dude, that's yeah, on my list spot, of like, like right here. Of all time. It's so good. The aesthetic of it is so good. The soundtrack of it's so good. The colors. Dude, the colors. Yeah, the colors pop so much. Like, it's such a, like, a white and gray aesthetic, but then the red, it, it guides your eyes so much on like what to jump on, where to go, like where the secrets are. That's yeah. the, that's that good shit. Amazing. Well, Funke, <laughs> enough about Mirror's Edge. Let's talk about today's stories, which includes Cyberpunk's resurgence not slowing down. New publishers and developers have been announced and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, roosteeth.com, or 
you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up right now and it's our mario and rabbits sparks of hope preview uh that is greg mike andy and paris talking about their time with the game and if that's not enough the post show for that one is a chaotic round of kind of feudy that you don't want to miss it's one that features snow mike mike and so snow mike mike is on a kind of feudy just know it's gonna be a 10 out of 10 episode because it is the most chaotic it mike brings such a chaotic energy into it if you want to see that um if you want to see a mike moment go to kind of funny twitter go to our tiktok one of the latest latest posts we've done is a clip from Mike on Kind of Feudy weeks and weeks ago where he's just a madman. I don't want to spoil it for you, but he's just a, a, a madman and he's wonderful and I love him. Go check out that episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast and listen to the post show. And then over on youtube.com slash kind of funny, our screencast for She-Hulk is up. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, Cyberpunk 2077's resurgence continues with a million players per day. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale and George Yang at IGN. Cyberpunk 2077's resurgence is, is showing no signs of slowing down as developer CD Projekt Red has announced that at least 1 million people have played the game each day this week. The impressive numbers were announced in a tweet showing that the Cyberpunk Edgerunners anime, multiple updates to the game, and the announcement of its first major expansion have seemingly triggered a wave of new interest. Quote, each day of this week, Night City has been visited by 1 million players, both new and returning, uh, CD Projekt Red said in a tweet. They continue, quote, we wanted to use this, this opportunity to thank, <clears throat> excuse me, to thank you for being with us uh, and playing the game. Thanks, Chooms, uh, end quote. Funke, are you a cyberpunk person? What's your read on cyberpunk? Oh, Funke, you are muted. Whoops. Hey, there yeah, I'm absolutely a cyberpunk person. Um, I actually really loved the launch of cyberpunk 2077 it was really messy and imperfect like i loved looking at all the bugs and playing through on day one when like you could see trees from everywhere like no matter where you were standing you could see every tree like those kind of glitches were just really funny um i describe it as like watching a car crash and burn but mm -hmm. like 24 hours in the car landed and extinguished the fire and was actually a really really <laughs> cool car like it did some tricks at the end like that uh, the late game of cyberpunk 2077 is really really good narrative work that i it's it's hard for me to recommend for to someone because the the beginning chunks of it were really rough for me mm -hmm. but once you get into like the badlands you, you meet like pan am and you hear those plot lines like that's the stuff where it's like dang night city is pretty cool it like drops that irreverent kind of corny humor and 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 show something that that feels Dude, genuine when uh, when when cyberpunk becomes earnest i think that's when that game really shines because yeah. i i think the one that we reference a lot the moment we reference a lot in cyberpunk is there's a scene with a funeral i'm not going to spoil anything but i remember mm. doing that scene and me being like Dude, they're they're nailing this. Like I'm having feels that I wasn't expecting ha uh, having during this game. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Like toward the the um, latter half of the game, there are quite a few moments that I thought were really good. Uh, again, really earnest and yeah. explored that game's world in ways that I appreciated way more than the moments that it was. Uh, it decided to be like this super edgy, super hey, we're cyberpunk and like we're hanging yeah. out with the <laughs> baddest of the baddest on the streets and like we're crazy yeah we're crazy dude. like when it when when the game leaned into that side of itself those are the moments that i didn't love as, as much i the thing i the, the thing I, I bring up i brought up famously on uh our review and on like content during that time was like when i was reviewing the game and this is before the day one patch there were yeah. dildos everywhere in cyberpunk 2077 like i remember doing the lap the final mission and i'm taking out dudes and this is, is this big moment and dudes i was killing 
I would loot them and there'd be dildos on them. And I'm like, why do you, why do you, why, why are you carrying this? <laughs> you keep that thing on them. They keep yeah. that thing on them. Like no literally they what. keep that thing on them. Uh, and that was, that for me, that would, that was so jarring with the uh, stuff about cyberpunk that I think did work really well in the writing. Yeah. Cause you it's definitely trying to be serious in that, in those later oh, parts. Yeah. Like it, it is hitting these emotional points, but it is just, it's, it's something that was so hard for me to recommend, but actually the last piece I wrote for Fanbyte, actually I, maybe the last piece of the old Fanbyte guard was my review of uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Uh, and I was just like, hey y'all, like this is, this is Cyberpunk. Like I think it kind of revitalizes the name and it makes me, it makes it way easier for me to recommend this series to people because I'm like, hey, okay, watch the show. And then you like that show, check out the game. Like sure, it may have some bugs at the start, but there's something really special once you get a few hours in. Yeah. Uh, have you gotten to return to it after a while? I actually re-downloaded it and I was watching a couple of my friends stream it, but I haven't opened it yet. But I think I might do a new playthrough. So funny enough, that I... With, it, I mean, it is that season. Let's go, let's let's do it. I I <laughs> um when they announced cross progression, um I was like, okay, let's go, because that's been one of the things that that's been keeping me back from going back into Cyberpunk is the fact that really when I reviewed it, I reviewed it on PC. I didn't want to review it on PC. Like that was just the review code they gave us. And if you remember, like those are the consoles us. were busted too. Yeah, it's because the console <laughs> versions were busted. So they gave us one code. That code was a PC code. And I was the assigned reviewer, so I played it all on PC, finished it, and once I finished it, I was like, cool, now I'm going to play it again on console. I really enjoyed this game. I'm going to play the way I want to play, and I'm going to get the trophies. I'm just going to enjoy it on my console as opposed to, on, to my PC. Yeah. And then the console's version came out, and those versions were terrible. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to replay this game. Uh, mm. And so it's, it's just been stuck on my PC ever since. Um, and with Crossplay coming out, and with the Edge Runners update, and with other people yeah. going in... I've taken this as my chance to maybe maybe revisit. And it's been that funny thing of me, like me, like forgetting what my status was in terms of, do I even still have my save? Like when, was it a review? <laughs> was it one of the review copies that like delete the save? Wiped. Yeah, yeah. Like it'll get, it'll get wiped. And so I was, I was on my PC searching for cyberpunk, like mm. going onto the Epic game store being like, Oh wait, it doesn't even say I have it. And then it struck that like, Oh wait, no, I played this on GOG Galaxy, the GOG launcher, right? Oh because if you God. remember, that's like owned by, um, I think it is CD Projekt, right? CD Projekt. God, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, my but God. But so yeah. they gave you the code through that? They yeah. gave us the code through that. Yeah. And so I was that like, do wild. I even? So I went, I installed GOG Galaxy. <laughs> I <laughs> then installed all of the gig, all of the gigs of Cyberpunk. I saw you spill that water. All of the gigs <laughs> of Cyberpunk back onto my PC. Uh, and then I went into the game. I then uploaded my cloud save, and I then went on my PS5 and I downloaded the cloud save. It worked seamlessly, and now my save for Cyberpunk is on there. And when I okay. tell you, when I tell you that, like, it felt, it felt right, right? Like I started mm. playing, and I was like, oh man, I feel like I'm back home. And I haven't gotten to deep dive yet, <laughs> but you talk about the Badlands, you talk about like missions with PNM and all that stuff. I somehow, when I booted up my save, I don't remember when I started this mission or why I started this mission, but I was in the middle of like. A very like important mission with Pan Am, and it was one of those ones where I get to the end of the mission, and it is us sitting at a bonfire with the crew. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Pan Am's like, you know, okay, well, we gotta wait for the, these people to, to to roll up. Uh, while we're here, though, like it 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 turns into me flirting with Pan Am, and like <laughs> of course, it was such a it was such a good scene. It was such a like it it was it reminded me of how good the dialogue sequences are in Cyberpunk in terms of the set dressing and like characters yeah. doing other things and like oh this character's playing a, a guitar while this character is like soaking the fire. They have like, their own lives for real. Yeah, it feels like like, like such a lived in world in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um and. I had me excited to maybe play more. Like, I don't know if I'm going to play more at this moment, but like, I kind of want to, I was really into it for the, yeah. the 20 minutes that I played yesterday. It really is good at curating that environment. Like spe specifically those moments with Pan Am. I remember there was one of those like really heartfelt moments where she was driving us like at the end of a mission. And she was saying some stuff that was like, damn, like this really puts night city into perspective and all of these like corpo businesses. But she was saying that while, it was a glitch and I was inside of her. Like I could see her eyeballs in front of Amazing. my character and like the teeth. And I was like, this is really taking away from like the impactful writing. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, I feel like I'm in her blood. Like it's weird. Now million dollar question. I guess million player question here. Uh, do you think edge runners is going to save Starpunk 2077? Like as a game slash IP. 
Do you think this is the, you know, kick in the ass yeah. that it needs to now become something that is beloved and something that people can actually support, play, get into, all that stuff? I genuinely do. Like, that was a part of the op-ed that I wrote. Like, this game comes out at a time where there's been a bunch of updates for Cyberpunk. Like, the, the launch is done. Like, that's in the past. And this game is kind of salvaging the, the wreckage of that launch and can help push Cyberpunk into a series that, like, people can be proud to like and not be like, well, I like it, but also there's this that's wrong with it and this is wrong with it. But once you get past that, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think Edgerunners is that, like, that solution. Yeah, I'm so fascinated to see where they go with it. Just because, you know, this the the big expansion coming up uh, next year uh, is the first and seemingly last expansion for at least this version of Cyberpunk 2077. But yeah. you imagine that Cyberpunk continues to live. Um, I'm sure they make a new game, like, or they find some way to further Cyberpunk the 2078. Yeah, Cyberpunk <laughs> 2078. Or I'm sure, like, my prediction is they call it Cyberpunk and then a new, like, I, I don't know, like cyberpunk relived or cyberpunk. I'm yeah. not a good person at, and I'm not good. I'm not good at naming things, but you know, like <laughs> give it a new suffix. Uh, but whatever it is, right? Like I do think that right now we're kind of seeing a turn in terms of how people perceive cyberpunk. Like I know there's still a great amount of people that are like, Yo, yeah, if they make a new cyberpunk game, I'm not playing that shit at launch. And I think that's totally understandable. Um, but, but yeah, the temperature check, like it's changed. Like yeah. the, the consensus about that game is definitely different. Did you get a chance to watch any of the show yet? I'm most of the way through it. I, I just got to what episode uh, six or seven. Yeah, dude, that animation. Like I, I love good. Studio Trigger so much. And I was like, dang, they are the ones on this project. Like. It's going to go well. What, it's going to yeah. go well. What are some of the other stuff that they've worked on? I've heard of them like over and over again. Yeah. I think Kill a Kill. What yeah, Kill a Kill, Promare, oh, okay. the movie. Uh, some of the, the people at uh, Studio Trigger worked on Gurn Lagan as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, just a lot of older anime. That's awesome. Well, we'll see how Cyberpunk goes. But for now, <laughs> let's hop into story number two. A gaming YouTuber, Donkey, sets up an indie game publishing company. This comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. Video game YouTuber Donkey is starting an indie game publisher. The popular gaming YouTuber Jason Yevgeny, sorry if I mispronounced the name, uh, Gastro, aka Donkey, has announced Big Mode, a new gaming publisher uh, that will help indie games stand out from the crowd. Quote, I've been on YouTube for 11 years now, and one of the core themes of my channel has always been to slam dunk soulless cash grabs into the garbage can and lift up and praise the truly inspired wor uh, works of art in this medium, said Gastro. Quote, for years and years, I've always sought out the very best indie games out there and have tried to do them justice, putting millions of eyes on the games that actually deserve attention, end quote. Gastro has amassed over 7 million subscribers and several billion views. That's quite a built-in audience for any indie game developer thinking of signing up for, this, uh, for his new publisher. However, he explained that Big Mode will be a continuation of his channel. Quote, A lot of games out there understand how to emulate the look of your favorite games, but don't deliver where it actually counts. Many of the true games out there are being drowned out in a sea of mediocrity. You need someone who can help, help you be seen. End quote. Big Mode is founded by Gastro along with his wife, fellow YouTuber, Leah, Leah B. Gastro. Ducky wants to be involved in Big Mode's game's development, but says he knows what works due to his countless hours playing them. Quote, I understand what kind of ideas always work, what ideas never work, what, idea, what kind of ideas are fresh or need to come back, and what is extremely played out, he added. Quote, I'm hyping myself up a lot in this video, but Big Mode will be all about building up the games and developers. We put a lot of effort into making the most developer-friendly contracts possible. I think we're going to bring insane value to the table, and the bottom line is, help good games succeed and help them continue to succeed into the future, end quote. One aspect that seems to be a real a crowd, crowd pleaser is that Big Mode will not publish any games containing NFTs, blockchains, or crypto. Developers uh, can already get in touch with Big Mo to submit their games for consideration. Funke, first of all, are you a, are you familiar with Donkey? Do you watch Donkey's content? Absolutely, yeah. Donkey, I, I'm a huge fan. Like I watched him all through high school. Uh, specifically, the League of Legends videos. I was there when he made the transition into being like, I am done making League of Legends videos, mm -hmm. and then started doing like indie indie work and really, yeah, promoting a bunch of games that I had never heard of. And there's a bunch of games like he has shown me that have become some of my favorites. Uh, so I'm pretty hyped on this. Not gonna lie. On this. So I'm like I'm in the same place in, as far as I'm. I'm also a fan of Donkey. Like I, I can't. The I, dude's funny. <laughs> like, he's really funny. Yeah. I um I came in after his League of Legends stuff. Uh, probably like shortly after his League of Legends stuff. But I, I used to mm -hmm. I watched all of his like uh, game reviews, like all of his comedy videos. I think 
he's really funny and he's one of those people that like i when i think about what my gaming tastes are or what i value in games he he lines up with that in a in a, in a good way right like mm. i can i can kind of trust donkey to maybe share a lot of the same taste that i do um which comes back a little bit to how i feel about this this publishing thing because i've seen i've seen this divide the internet a little bit i've seen a lot of yeah. people be like yeah oh man just because you like games means like it doesn't mean you, you can you can work in games right like oh this guy is talking about like you know he has an eye for this stuff like he wants to basically like get in the process because he he thinks he's so so good at it um and i i i watched his video and i take a lot of his video is like i think he's being funny i don't think he's yeah. being super serious about the a lot of the way he's talking about about the stuff because in the words like reading through the script he does sound bullish right he does sound like Oh yeah, I got this, man. I know what makes a good game. I know what mechanics work. Yada yada yada. For somebody who's never made a game, mm -hmm. uh, that said, right? For somebody who wants to be on the publishing side, I don't know. I kind of get it, right? Like, first of all, publishers—the involvement that publishers often have in making video games—isn't ever as much as the developer, right? Like, it's going to be on yeah. the developer to actually make the game and get to the finish line and do all and do the bulk of the work, right? Like, publishers might have input. Publishers might help you or might might guide you, right? Or might like lead you in the right directions uh at times but it's not it the amount of, of involvement donkey i think would have as a publisher versus the developers he's helping out i don't think is, is as great as you as, as people are making it out to seem yeah um, i mean he even says in the video like he says i i don't want to like mess up your game like i don't want to touch yeah. it like i just want to help promote it and push it to be better which is like the ideal publisher right yeah. but i mean as you said like the script does like when even reading the quotes here it sounds really cocky but in the video like if you've seen a donkey video like he's joking around but he also has those very serious moments where he's like i actually want to do this and i actually want to promote better games and have a have a good space to promote just people who don't have the chance for that people who get lost in the sea of like saturated games yeah. Uh, and that's a really, really cool, cool way to do it. I, I will say that I, I didn't really like the implication that there aren't people doing stuff like this. Like a couple times in the video, he was like, there's so many people just pushing bad games and stuff, but it's like, no, I, I'm sure, you know, as well, like so mm -hmm. you work with developers, like PR teams, like there's people pushing for smaller games. Like that's oh, my yeah. only thing. I was like, you're not the only one doing this, but I'm excited for for like a big YouTube channel to be doing something like this. Yeah, I'm excited for somebody who whose taste I actually really like doing something like this. Yep. It's the same as if like, it, when I think of the people whose taste in games I, I identify with, if Dan Riker did something like this, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Cause guess what? I like Dan Riker's taste in video games. And so he feels yeah. like I'm gonna make an indie publisher and <laughs> really push the games, the kind of games that I like. For sure. It's the same way I look at Devolver, for example, right? Devolver being oh, a Devolver's big, too big example, yeah, yeah. right? But like Devolver puts out a lot of games that I really like. And I, there's a team or somebody over there that probably has similar tastes as I do when it comes to, yeah, man, let's make these yeah. short games with great action, fast paced, dope soundtracks, you know, a lot and of they're, colors. They're all so different too. Like, I yeah. feel like the only through line with them is that a lot of them are like black and red like a lot of exactly. those games do have that theme but like inscription and cult of the lamb so so different um yeah. and also both fire and i think it's in contrast to even uh annapurna as a publisher right where annapurna also has their own vibes of games that are speaking to the annapurna audience right like mm -hmm. whenever we're in a nintendo direct or uh some sort of presentation that has an annapurna game there greg miller is always like Oh, this is the one like this looks amazing right and i think it's really cool and really dope to have um public publishing labels that have their own identity that are really trying to curate for what kind of games that they that they believe in um mm -hmm. all that said right i think there is a good chance that this doesn't work out for donkey and that this thing fails and that he is too bullish and that like you know he underestimated the amount of work and effort it takes to actually do something like this because this is a big undertaking video games yeah. making video games is really difficult all that stuff that said i'm excited to see him try i'm excited to see where this goes um yeah like i'm i like it's funny funny enough as i've been like again reading all this stuff another thing that came to mind was um i don't know if you're familiar with i don't know how, how it's pronounced uh kowloon knights or kowloon knights yeah um, yeah they're the ones who've like they're an indie game publishing fund and like i've been seeing their name more and more on different games the latest one being Rollerdrome, but they've been in in quite a few games and like the more i see their names the more i'm like oh shit like these guys are actually like 
aiming at the right projects, right? Like they're yeah. they're figure they, they have a good eye for quality in terms of figuring out the things that they're going to support. And now we get to have dope ass games like uh again, like uh Roller Drome and the list goes on in terms of stuff that that they've done. Um and so, yeah, I'm I'm pulling for for him. I hope he's able to make this make this work. Yeah. Uh, It'll be just, really cool. It Especially with his reach, like he could post any game and like millions of people will see it. So I, it, it'll be excited to follow that story, even if it, it goes well or if it kind of crashes. Like I, I'm very fascinated to see what the first game will be and like what the what the system will look like if it'll be through his YouTube channel or, or if it'll be something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the guy's funny and I also appreciate his taste. So I don't know. I'm excited for smaller developers to get a chance with a really huge platform because I don't think even even bigger publishers have that ability to take that risk on someone and to just like promote it to so many people uh so quickly so yeah that'll be that'll be pretty cool to see i want to bring in bring in a write-in from cw14 who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says is video game donkey gonna save indies last night video game donkey dropped a video stating he's jumping into the publishing game with the launch of big mode uh, in the video, he states that he wants to be more active in the process of shining a light on worthwhile games, as well as guiding them to meet the wants and needs of gamers. Do you think he can pull it off? With his 7.2 million sub count on YouTube, he might have the reach, but will devs will devs trust Big Mode with their games? Thanks for all you do. And I'm mostly interested in the last part of that, in terms of will devs trust Big Mode with their games? Mm. I, that's, the, that, that's the one wrinkle where... I hope they get it right and i hope like you know i hope devs are i hope devs pay attention to like cool how much money are they offering in terms of supporting your game right because especially yeah. talking about it being donkey it being somebody from the creator space it being somebody who as they talk right a lot of these words again seem bullish if i'm a video game developer and i am either approaching big mode or big mode is approaching me yeah i'm i'm making sure they got the bag in hand Right, I'm making sure that I'm not getting screwed over here uh, in terms of splits or in terms of oh shit, we thought we were gonna get support, we're actually not getting the support we needed, and now this project is failing. I think <clears throat> I think that is gonna be the big hurdle, um, especially for developers trusting Big Mode. But Funky, where do you stand on it? I also feel like that the reach is so large that a lot of developers are going to be jumping at the chance to be a part of this, no matter what it is, just because it is Dunky, like he's a figure in the YouTube gaming community. Uh, I I think people are going to be really willing to to work with them, but it's just like, how do those projects go? Like, how is the actual process with that? And are they planning for all of this? Did they do the research for game development? Or is it just like kind of bullish statements, as you said? Um, but hopefully it's 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 the former like i i really hope this goes well because this is exciting like i i would love love to see like more projects in this realm with creators like long long form creators who who are established in the industry being like you know what i want to make my own thing i want to help people make their own things as well like that's the kind of pay it forward thing that i really love to see um so yeah i mean i i i think it's going to be fun to follow uh and hopefully fun to play as well my only thing is like I don't think indies are suffering. I don't think it's going to save indies. Yeah. But like, <laughs> he's going to save the indies, guys. They're, they're yeah, the the indies. indies are dying out there. He's going to save Listen, them. I, I, this morning, I picked up uh, Trombone Champ on Steam. That's the game that everybody's been tweeting about for the last couple yeah, of days, yeah. where it's the rhythm game with the trombone, and everybody plays real badly, and it's hilarious. <laughs> if, I can, if that game can have the life that it's having today in 2022, indie games are in a great place. Because right? let me tell you, that's a banger ass game. That that game is yeah. ridiculous. That game shouldn't exist. That game exists though, and it's killing it, and it's fucking fun. Indie games are in a great. Let, let alone look at this year in video games. Yeah. And the amount of the amount of amazing indies versus even the amount of amazing AAA games. Like I think right. I think this year, if I were to sit and like, like go one by one of all right, here are all the the five out of five indie games that came out this year versus five out of five AAA games. I think indie yeah. games might actually eclipse the AAA games. Absolutely. We've had a lot of banger ones this year. There's been so many fire ones. Like I Neon White, I guess like double A game kind of thing. But mm -hmm. all of those Ali Ali World indie. as well. Yeah. yeah. These Sifu, ones are Cold of the Lamb. Yeah. I know a lot of people love Stray. Stray. Know, like, As Dust Falls, I absolutely loved. Like Escape Academy. I don't I don't know if I'd Raft. say five out of five, but it's you know dope. 
the list mm-hmm. goes on in terms of dope ass indies. Um, I don't think indies are in a bad place necessarily. Yeah, especially with the pandemic hitting, a lot of triple A studios really that threw a wrench in a lot of their plans. But the smaller studios who were already working remotely and doing these longer form small team based projects didn't really see too much of an effect and like could continue to work in their in their cycles so that's why we're seeing these indies like populated in the space and i i feel like it's been so cool to have a bit of a lull of triple a games like yeah I, I kind of love having that space to play around with new indies and also go back like my backlog is so long like i don't know about you but that is never ending. So this past couple of years has been fun to like go back and also check out the new indies as well. Yeah, um, this this last week I've been playing Inscription and Tinykin, and when ooh. I tell you that it's been such a fantastic time, like it's <laughs> it, coming off of God of War, which of course God of War is a, is an amazing game, but mm-hmm. it's also a triple A ass first party playstation sony ass yeah right like i get a god of war and i'm like cinematic popcorn cinematic you know great story like i know what i'm getting when i play god of war and play for the second time i'm like yeah this is god of war all right this is cool but then when i play inscription i'm like i have no idea what i'm getting with this game and you know what that unlocks it unlocks new like new feelings for me right where i get uh when i was playing the other day right i got toward the end like i got toward the the final boss quote the last act i don't even know if it's the final boss i don't know how far i am in this game but like i got to that and i was like well, shit, dude, I've not seen anything like this before. And with Tinykin, it's a similar thing where I'm like, dude, I've never seen an art style like this before. I've like, mm. I, I, I was never a Pikmin person. Uh, and like, I assume that Tinykin plays what Pikmin probably plays like. And playing it, I'm like, damn, I've been missing a lot because this is fantastic video game or gameplay <laughs> right here, right? Let alone yeah. great level design and all that stuff. Um, yeah, dude, like when you when you find a banger ass indie game to play, I think it it unlocks like new new forms of games that you didn't even realize you could love like again mm-hmm. i'm playing trombone champ this morning and i'm like dude <laughs> this, did not think that i'll enjoy this thing as much as i'm enjoying it so <laughs> shout out to indies i don't think indies need saving but i'm always down to play yeah they definitely need ones. more support like more people oh, championing sure. indies so like if donkey can do it and do it well without like any any problems then i'm here for it like that you know sounds like I'm a good thing for. I'm here for patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by me undies. We've all heard of gut instinct, but have you ever heard of butt instinct? It's when your butt tells you it wants new undies. Listen to your butt. Luckily, we work with MeUndies, makers of the most buttery, soft, and sustainable undies, bralettes, and socks that exist. You know that I have lived my life, MeUndies, head to toe for the majority of the last couple years. I'm just all in on MeUndies because they are absolutely the most comfortable uh, clothes I've ever put on my body. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. They have new colors and prints dropping weekly, so there's always something exciting to check out. You can try their free-to-join membership for free shipping on every order and exclusive perks like an item shipped to your door every month, secret sales, and early access to their newest stuff. MeUndies has a great offer for you guys out there. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. Shopify powers our very own kindoffunny.com slash store, our merch store. And we love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds. An entrepreneur like you makes the first sale on Shopify. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. It's more than a store, Shopify grows with you. You can go to shopify.com slash kfgames all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Funke, we just talked about a brand new publisher. Let's talk about a brand new developer with story number three. Uh, brand new developer approaches. This comes from Twitter at Big Blue Sky Games tweets this. 
Greetings, we're Big Blue Sky Games, and we're thrilled to announce our brand new game studio. We're here to create memorable experiences built by a development team that will never have to worry about burnout or job stability. Uh, when you click over to their website, they have an About Us page that reads like this. What makes us unique? From humble beginnings, we built up something special, a meaningfully diverse, distributed group of wildly talented uh, game development professionals working to make games you want to play. When you go to your favorite restaurant and ask the waiter to surprise you, knowing that everything on the menu is great, they've earned your trust. We want to do that with games. To build experiences so memorable, you're coming back to try whatever else we cook up. We believe that turnover and burnout are preventing rewarding careers in games, and in turn, are in turn uh, that the quality of games built by folks worried about losing their jobs or crunching constantly is lower than it, than it would be if they felt empowered and protected. To that end, a primary mo uh, driving motivation for us is not only attract coworkers our ambitions speak to, but to work actively every day to provide stability for them and their families. Diversity and inclusion aren't buzzwords for us. From day one, we've worked to diversify our staff, and while we're proud of the significant representation we've achieved, we also recognize that our work never ends. Our games are for everyone, and they're built with real-life players in mind. We want our games to be approachable for people of all ages and from all walks of life. Whether you want to play for 20 hours straight, uh, editors note, we don't recommend this, or uh, can only play for 20 minutes. <laughs> so there you go. Big Blue Sky Games. Funke, does this excite you at all? Uh, absolutely. I mean, everything that they're saying hits all of the things that I think are issues in the gaming industry and things that need to change specifically on the development side like burnout we see stories about all of these latest like triple a games that come out maybe even a few months after where people are staying 140 hour work weeks are crunching they can't see their families and they're working for like no benefits as well so like there's definitely issues with the game industry and i appreciate them saying all of these things um but at the end of the day they are words right now like they haven't implemented these things yet so i'm still a bit like hesitant to completely be like 100 excited i'm i'm like okay this sounds really nice but let's see what actually happens because i think a lot of studios promise to avoid crunch and to avoid all of these negative aspects of the gaming industry but like let's see what the finished product is or what those processes look like as well yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Like I'm somebody, I want to see action, right? I'm mm -hmm. somebody who's, I'm going to support new studios popping up because I think new indie studios or even like bigger studios that don't uh, necessarily, aren't necessarily owned by a big gigantic corporation by Sony and Microsoft. For me, that's always a welcome thing, right? Because I want to see mm -hmm. that creative freedom and I want to see people, um, you know, chart their own path. Um, and I think they're saying a lot of the right things. I wish, I, I'm sure they're early enough to where they don't, they probably don't even know what game they're making. And so, yeah. yeah, reading through it and like not getting a hint of like what any of the games are, it's like, all right, cool. Like, I guess we'll see what, <laughs> what it is yeah. whenever they announce it. Um, but my other thing is like, Again, what is the action that you're that you're following, right? Or is is it just lip service? When I read the part that says diversity and inclusion aren't buzzwords for us, from day one we've worked to diversify our staff, and while we're proud of the significant representation we've achieved, we also uh, recognize that work never ends. I read that and I was like, all right, let me look at the like. Okay, me too. Let, let me, me look too. at the roster. Let me look at the roster of people working at, <laughs> at Big Blue Sky Games. And let me tell you, I don't know if that totally lines up with what they're talking about here, because. It is all white people. It is all like it. It like, like it's. It is. It is like art of these people, but it yeah. looks ninety five percent white people. Like you can say diversity and buzz is not a buzzword for you, but like there's a lot of white people here. If I don't yeah. see like someone that looks like me or like some of my friends, like it, it makes me question the words that you're saying, especially when that post is a lot of just promises about these things that people want to hear on the internet, and uh, it just. I'm not seeing that. Yeah, one one thousand percent. Yeah, and it's like I don't have anything against any of the people here work who work here. Like some of these people, I even know, right? Like I think this team is probably talented. This team probably like I imagine this team is gonna do good work. But it's just the the contrast of if you're gonna talk about diversity and inclusion and say that there aren't buzzwords for us, like you gotta back that up. You uh, really do. Like and so that's the no one thing I'll point there out. yet. Like, yeah, it, it is. It is exciting that these are their like these are their pinnacles of what they're trying to achieve with their game development studio. So I, I, I really hope that they get there and uh, can, can make these projects with truly diverse teams and yeah, avoid crunch. Yeah. Like that's what people are trying to do and they should be. 1000%.
Let's hop into story number four. Uh, we have a date for the first Mario movie teaser trailer. This comes directly from the New York Comic Con Twitter, where they tweeted out this morning, join us on October 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern time for the teaser trailer premiere of Nintendo and Illumination's upcoming Super Mario Brothers film, releasing April 7th, 2023. Funky, what's your read on this Mario movie? Oh my God. What, first of all, fever dream of a cast. Like, I still cannot believe that those people are going to be acting in that movie. Like, I, it shocks I me to this wait, day. Man. I yeah. can't wait for it. it. It's going to be so silly. And I feel like whenever I talk to people about the movie, they think it's going to be live action because it's a lot of live action actors, but it's animated. And I yeah. love animation. So I'm excited to see what they do. I just really don't mess with Chris Pratt as Mario. Like, come on. I, I don't know. This is pretty convincing right here. This this right here. (laughs) You guys see the gift that I put up too? I I like that. I'm I'm pretty sure like he's gonna nail it. Damn, he's looking good as Mario. Jokes aside, though, Jack Black as Bowser, right? Is no, that's perfect. That's that's kind of inspired right there. That's inspired. I forget. Is Seth Rogen in it? Yeah, he's Donkey Kong. Kong. He's Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I thought I made that up in my like the the castings are so wild that in my head I was like Seth Rogen's in that movie it's Hong Kong right and then I was the like Portlandia no way. guy in it too do we know who the Portlandia guy is uh, voicing I think so uh, I'm not sure I don't remember let me God. pull up a I list mean Keegan Michael Key is in it is Toad is Toad and so you can say any name is in it and I'm just gonna believe you at this point like oh yeah they got like they got Charlie Michael Day Sarah. is Luigi Charlie Day is Luigi. And again, I thought you were about to make a joke. When you said Charlie Day, <laughs> I thought you were about to make a punchline. But then, uh, yeah, I forgot. He's Luigi. Oh, so, also, yeah, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Oh, my God. I didn't God. know he would be in this, but. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's a great cast list uh, other than, you know. It's a stacked cast list, mm, honestly. Definitely stacked. I am so curious to see what this t- teaser trailer is. If they're able to get us on their side. I don't Because I don't know if you guys are on their side. I'm not on their side yet. I'm just, I'm morbidly curious. Yeah, um, like, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm excited about the idea that Sonic can finally be better than Mario at something. <laughs> That's where I'm at. The Sonic supremacy. <laughs> we did it. We made it. We don't even know yet. We own the film business. <laughs> well, like, you, what are the chances Sonic... that this thing is a banger? I mean, they have so much money, so that, like, pr- production-wise, hopefully it looks nice. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it could go either way. And I think that what I really want from the trailer is, is to ease my, my anxieties about this. I just want like a good Mario story. I want something like really wild that doesn't, that isn't too similar to a game. Like I don't want him going through like one, one all the way through like a level. Like I want something crazy. Dude, like how they if they go had for that galaxy. moment though, could you imagine <laughs> like if it, cause you know how it was it the uh, doom movie where they went into first person for a second. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like a first-person sequence. I want that for the Mario movie, where it is just them chilling, oh, them kicking it, and then all of a sudden there's a two-minute uh, set piece in the movie of them literally just going through World One One, recreated faithfully. <laughs> that would give you motion sickness, though. Imagine that in first person. <laughs> like that would be freaky. Like you go to the left, you just fall off. You go to the right, you just fall off. If I like, if I get, if I get like a a camera pan and it is, it just transitions to them running on a two D plane. Mm. They did the damn thing. You know what I mean? They did the damn thing. Uh, I'm so curious about this. I'm so excited about this. More really excited, but excited nonetheless. Let's hop into story number five. Let's talk about Splinter Cell. Uh, the Splinter Cell remake will update the story for a modern-day audience. This comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. The Splinter Cell remake will be rewritten to be more relevant to a modern-day audience. A job listing for a scriptwriter spotted by PSU has revealed some details about the upcoming Splinter Cell game, and it looks as though it's going to, be, it's going to get a rewrite and update the original. Quote, using the first Splinter Cell game as our foundation, we are rewriting and updating the story for a modern-day audience, it reads. Quote, we want, to, we want to keep the spirit and themes of the original game while exploring our characters and the world to make them more authentic and believable, end quote. Splinter Cell was originally released back in 2002 and introduced Sam Fisher, an NSA black ops agent who is investigating the disappearance of two CIA officers. As the story unfolds, Sam finds himself in the middle of a plot full of political intrigue as the world teeters on the brink of an of all-out war. It's up to Sam to use his stealthy abilities to avert a global crisis. Now, it looks as though uh, that crisis will have a more modern spin, although it's not clear exactly what form that will take. Quote, as a scriptwriter at Ubisoft Toronto, you will join the narrative team and help create a cohesive and compelling narrative experience for a new audience of Splinter Cell fans, reads the listing. 
Funky, are you a Splinter Cell person? Uh, no, I, I'm actually not. I was four when that game came out, so like <laughs> I didn't have the chance to play it. But I do really appreciate uh, remakes that are more adapted to the modern day because yeah I, I would love to see what makes people so excited about this series like uh, i think about the capcom fighter collection that released a few months ago and how that revitalized so many fighting games that i never had the chance to play and that i now really really love like have, have you ever heard of red earth this no like, but i old... also checked out the fighting game collection yeah and i was like yo what the fuck red is earth... this shit yeah I, I was just like what is this but red earth is like a fighting game uh like a 2d style fighting game but you're fighting like bosses like it's a story based game like you're just fighting a giant like wizard with like a rock on his back and the rock lays eggs that are electrocuting people like oh, it's yeah. just the most bizarre character designs that were hidden away and, and way before my time but because it was in a collection repackaged revitalized in every way I could experience that and now I like have a really fun game to play. So I I'm excited for this remake and I hope that it really does touch on things that are more relevant to me and my life uh cuz I feel like I'd enjoy it more. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about this one. I'm like I'm like you know, I'm not a big Splinter Cell person, but mm -hmm. I I would try out this remake uh once it comes out. Like the only yeah. I've I played literally one Splinter Cell game and it's Splinter Cell Conviction that came out in 2010. And let me tell you, I Now what is in, that? It's 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 like a mainline Splinter Cell game, but it was it's okay. one that I think the Splinter Cell audience doesn't appreciate as much. Because whenever mm -hmm. I whenever I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, I play Splinter Cell Conviction, they're like, oh, you play Conviction? Like, oh man, you gotta <laughs> play one of the better ones. And I'm like, fair enough, but I don't know. I thought Conviction was cool. I liked mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff they did visually in that game. But like, uh, I'd be down to play something that is that invokes more. Hey, this is classic Splinter Cell. This is what you love from it. Like, I one of my uh, friends, Alex Van Aken talks a lot about spies versus mercs and i don't know if he, if they've talked about that at all for the new splinter cell but like for him when he thinks of splinter cell and what he appreciates from it like that is what comes to mind and i want to experience some of that was stuff, that like right? asymmetrical multiplayer i believe so yeah i think i've heard a bit about that yeah people like talk about it so well like really praise it but i i never had the chance to play that so i don't know what that feels like so i'm right with you there yeah like i want to experience because splinter cell is the type of game that i would like you know, I think for me, it was more so the fact that I just didn't have, uh, like, I'm trying to think of the consoles that Splinter Cell was coming out on. I think I was always on the opposite console because ah. I was an SD4 kid, then I was a PS2 kid, then I was a PS3 kid. Uh, and like Splinter Cell, I associate with Xbox for some reason. Uh, but hmm. you can kind of funny.com slash you wrong me if I'm off base with that. But <laughs> I just never had the chance to play Splinter Cell. And I was, I was also more invested in Metal Gear Solid. Um, but I, 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 I think Good I like games, the fact that they're the modernizing way. it. Yeah, good games. Um, but like for those games, those for the Splinter Cell games that are what over decades old at this point, right? Over a decade old, maybe a decade and a half. Yeah, like find ways to modernize it if those if those game stories don't hold up. Um, yeah. They came so out. Think, it came out twenty years ago. It started uh, two thousand two. Really? Yeah, yeah. Holy cow! Well, yeah. Like I think I think that's good news that they're finding ways to uh, make it up to date. Especially if they're ground up remaking it, it sounds like it's more. It's gonna be a more substantial thing than even what I assumed originally. So, uh, get mm -hmm. on ya, Ubisoft. Yeah, Let's shout out Toronto. Is it Ubisoft Toronto making this one? Are you from yeah. Toronto? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm here yeah. right now too. Heck yeah! Are you like? Are you a big Drake person? Do you like? Are you? Do you rep the six the way? That Drake Legally, we have to be. Um, <laughs> we have to be big Drake people. We know all the lyrics. They're just playing. When you walk down the street, they're just yeah. like. Cars are playing like, Drake. Restaurants are playing Drake. <laughs> Every street corner in Toronto has speakers that are play that, yeah. that, that's playing Drake. I forget. Is Justin Bieber from Toronto also? Uh, he's from Stratford, but says he's from Toronto, which is like uh, right outside of Toronto. Gotcha. Mm. So it's kind of like a Bay Area thing, blessing where like uh, people in the East <laughs> Bay just say they're from San Francisco, kind of thing. Uh, does the gotcha. city of Toronto have uh, any uh, comments on the 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 DMs he leaked himself? <laughs> Wait, of Drake or Justin yeah. Bieber? <laughs> no, Drake. With, with Fantano? Yeah. I was going to say, you talk about the oh Anthony Fantano one? Yeah. That was such a great moment. Because, like, yeah. so why good. would you even do... That's like... That's like Corey Barlog. That's like Corey Barlog DMing me and being mean for some reason, and then leaking is the DM. Like, why the fuck are you hitting up Anthony Fantano of all people? You don't like, need to DM Drake. him. Yeah, you're, you're Drake. Drake Go take of care day. of your child, damn it. <laughs> Dude is at his ass. Dude is doing everything except you know. Hey, man, it is what it is. Let's hop into the next news story. Mark, uh, story number six, Microsoft CEO says he's very confident uh, the Activision deal will gain approval. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. 
Microsoft CEO uh, Satya Nadella has said he's very confident that the company's planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard will gain regulatory uh, approval. The proposed $68.7 billion acquisition of the Call of Duty publisher would be the games industry's biggest ever deal, comfortably surpassing the record $12.7 billion uh, Take-Two and Zynga merger completed earlier this year. And the deal is currently being scrutinized by regulators concerned about antitrust issues during a time of increasing consolidation in the gaming industry. Quote, of course, any acquisition of the size will go through scrutiny, but we feel very, very confident that that will come out, uh, Nadella told Bloomberg. Nadella told Bloomberg Microsoft is either the fourth or fifth biggest player in the video game industry, and that PlayStation maker, Sony, is the largest. Quote, so if this is about competition, let us have competition, end quote. And honestly, I included this new story just for that last quote, because that's a that's a fucking quote right there. If this is about competition. Let us have competition. That's a bar. That's a bar. Uh, it's Satya a Nadella. bar. It is a bar, but it's also like, I I don't mess with it. Like, I don't think these companies <laughs> should be owning all these things. Like, we were just talking about indies, right? And like having that freedom. So to have like these playmakers owning so much and they're getting critiqued for owning all of these these products and these these businesses and for the microsoft ceo's answer to be like well theirs is bigger like they have more stuff like why can't we yep. have more stuff like I, it's the arms I'm just race, like, right yeah I'm, like, I'm just like the arms, the arms race isn't inherently good for the industry right in the way that no. like even the, the concept of capitalism is inher inherently good for, for for the industry right and this is just that race to the top of all right, you're buying Activision. Well, as Sony, we're going to buy them. And like Microsoft going, well, we're going to buy them. And then Tencent being like, bet, we're going to buy everybody. And then lay off people, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like that that stuff is so wild. And the past couple of years, we've seen so many of these deals. Like Bethesda, that blew my mind. It still does. Like they made that whole deal with, uh, with Microsoft. And I, I don't know. It, it kind of sends shivers down my spine when I think of the next three years, like what what the space looks like and how many indie developers there are if people are just like picking them up and picking them up. Um, and yes, it's good that they get like more financial freedom, but I, the creativity is something that I'm like, what's going to happen there? And like, what if management changes and are a bit harder on them? Like all of these things could happen. Like it, I also think of Xbox Game Pass a lot. Like I really mess with it right now. Like I, I think that's a great way to get into games, especially if you don't want to dedicate so much money to buying every single one. You can do like a subscription service model, but I do think subscription services are kind of shady when, when we get into the meat of it because you can pull a game whenever. You can literally just take a game away from people and they don't actually own it physically or digitally. It's, it's basically high-speed renting. Um, I actually wrote a big feature about this for HBO Max and their animations. I don't know if you heard about it, but like HBO Max took a bunch of animations off of their platform, like uh, Infinity Train, OKKO, okay yeah, yeah uh, close enough, and literally didn't even notify anyone on the staff. Like they just pulled it immediately because of some clause in the contract. They're allowed to do that stuff. So it, when I see that happening in the in the video streaming industry, it kind of scares me for the game streaming industry because mm. right now it's really Really nice but in a couple of years like what if it just changes like it's, yeah. it's so easy for that to change uh, and that's been that's been sort of my argument when it comes to a lot of this interesting consolidation stuff of all right microsoft is buying bethesda microsoft's buying activision and playstation's buying bungie playstation's buying yeah. other studios and i think a lot of the immediate reaction is well we like microsoft like we like xbox like xbox game pass is dope right well call of yeah. duty can come to game think about how good that is for the consumer and my counter argument to that idea is Microsoft slash Sony aren't always going to be the companies that we might like right now. You know, mm -hmm. like when we, when we talk about the console space, every seven years, there's a villain, right? Like they switch sides in terms of being being the villain. Like think yeah. about how beloved Sony was seven years ago. Not that everybody hates Sony now, but think about all the choices they made to then like kind of that, that's, that's now kind of leading them back into the villain role. Think about where Xbox was seven years ago. Like Xbox yeah. can get back to that place and surely Xbox at some point are going to be back in that place of the villain role, right? Like, uh, just because right now they're making all of those decisions to try and get the, get that good grace and get to the top. Like, once these companies are at the top, guess what? The, their priority becomes, now let's make more money. Let's increase yes, the prize of Game Pass. Yes, it always is. You know? Yeah, and like, they're scheming in the background. Like, don't think they aren't. Like, while they're getting in our good graces right now and showing us all these products like Game Pass and getting us hooked in, like, they're going to do stuff like raise the prices or like take yeah. away games faster. Like, these things happen. We've seen it even with Netflix. Like, 
they're charging so much for Netflix. I'm not even using that stuff right now. Like all of those things can happen when you're in the cycle of the streaming world and you're you're just buying these products and you look at these companies like they're deities when they at the end of the day are companies trying to make more money. So like I, I do like that it's cool that these studios are getting more money from like a bigger publisher and companies like Microsoft and Sony, but I this is creeping feeling like I'm like, I don't like that they're owning all of these different places that could have been doing their own thing. And what is the space going to look like in a few years down the line? Yeah. And a few things I want to address, like somebody in chat says, all right, so who do we trust then? People don't trust capitalism. Don't trust yes. companies. Don't Stop trust trusting them. corporations. That's Stop. first and foremost. Uh, Crush Lemons in chat also mentioned um, a little bit ago, if a company wants to sell, what should happen then, right? And like, of course, if you want to sell, sell. But think about the conditions that lead to these companies wanting to sell. Think about the fact that Square Enix, right, sold, uh, sold off uh, Idols Montreal and Crystal Dynamics to, to uh, Embracer Group. Think about the fact that Crystal Dynamics had just put out Guardians of the Galaxy, a game that was beloved by or wait was that idol sorry i'm like now nah, i'm mixed up one of them put out guardians of the galaxy yeah. a game that was beloved by people right like they put out tomb raider like the, they were working on deus ex and deus ex wasn't financially uh, financially um viable even though those games were dope as hell like think mm. about the the volatility of the third party AAA space when these games can't succeed and be good and find an audience i think that's more the issue here is that like the industry itself is volatile and so when these companies want to sell these companies are in a position where they have to make more money somehow and get rid of these talented studios yeah. guess what like that's a problem like we need to figure out how to solve the problem and the problem comes back to like what are the systems in place that are that that keeps leading this to happen capitalism but, <laughs> but yeah like yeah. it it is so it is so true and before like as we were saying like don't trust companies like we can use them and utilize their stuff but like they don't have your best interest in mind. Like they truly yeah. don't. Like you just have to have a level head and like appreciate what they're giving you, but also stay skeptical. Like don't always just be like, okay, they're like, they're comforting me. Like they're maybe doing that right now, but that could change in a day. Um, 100%. Uh, last story on the Roper Report, story number seven, Dying Light 2's first story DLC has been delayed again. Uh, this is Tom Ivan at VGC. Techland has delayed the release of Dying Light 2, Stay Human's first story DLC for the second time. Having originally targeted a June launch for the game's Bloody Ties expansion before pushing it to release uh, in mid-October, the DLC will now hit PC, PlayStation, and Xbox consoles in November. Quote, we have taken the decision to postpone the launch of Bloody Ties until November 10th to allow the team extra time to polish and squash bugs, Techland explained. And let me tell you, God of War better get out the way, because the DLC for Dying Light 2 is coming out November 10th. That's the only thing I'm going to be playing in November. Right, Am I right, yes. Funke? Right. Am I right? Let's go! Let's go, the Dying Light 2 <laughs> DLC. We did it, everybody. All right. All right, y'all. Funke, I'm so, I'm so excited for November, so I can mm. clear my schedule and only play the Dying Light 2 DLC. But yeah, that right? release is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host every single weekday. Out today, we got No Place for Bravery for Switch and PC, Serial Cleaners for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Session mm -hmm. for PS5, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, The Deal Field Chronicles for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I'm just going to say it's out for everything, if it's out for everything. The Outbound Ghost out for everything. Uh, Potion Permanent is out for everything. Slime mm. Rancher 2 Early Access is out for PC. Uh, COD Modern Warfare 2 Open Beta Weekend 2 is out for everything. Isn't that One game out? Uh, Modern Warfare 2? No, it's, it's, it's not out. I think the beta is okay. out. Yeah, people have been okay, playing the beta. Okay. Uh, One Shot World Machine Edition is out for PS4, Switch, Xbox One. Desert Revenant is out for PC. Electrician Simulator is out for PC. And then Spider-Heck is out for out for everything. And let me tell you, Spider-Heck looks pretty cool. Uh, we got New Days for you. Valkyrie Profile. Lenneth has been delayed to December 22nd. Dragon Quest Treasures comes to Switch on December 9th. Hidden mm. Through Time. Definite edition is available November 11th for PS4 and Switch. Die by the Blade is arri arriving November 3rd on PS5 and, P and PS4. Uh, that's a cool looking uh, fighting game that's like, it's like blade based and like it looks janky but also looks fun at the same time. And so if you're a fighting game person, maybe check that out. Uh, and then King's Hunt will enter early access on November 3rd on Steam. Got one deal of the day for you. Spider Heck, like I mentioned earlier, came out and it's on Game Pass. You can play that game for free. Again, I urge you, check out a trailer for Spider Heck because that game looks pretty ridiculous. Now it's time 
for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct <laughs> it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Nitro writes in and says, Idols Montreal made Guardians of the Galaxy and has an 80 on Metacritic. Crystal Dynamics made Marvel's Avengers, loved by Greg Miller. Thank you so much, Nitro39. Uh, ah. And I would also ask the question, what led to the conditions that made a game titled Marvel's Avengers, a game that ended up failing, a game that ended up not great. Is it the fact that... Capitalism. They, was it capitalism? <laughs> was it the fact that they wanted to make money? And they're like, you know what we're going to do to this game? We're going to make it a live service game. Yep. We're going to give it bad live service options and not give it the support it needs. Is that the mm -hmm. reason? Let's think about it. Let's think about it. Uh, and then Nano says, Outbound Ghost is only out on Steam. It is coming to consoles later this year. Thank you so much, Nano Biologist. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Carly Veloci, uh, formerly of Windows Central. If you're watching this live on YouTube right now, over on Twitch after this is Nick playing Fortnite. If you want to cast that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com. So it's Kind of Funny Plays. Before I sign off, Funke, uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. Second of course, off, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, secondly, where can people find your work if they wanted to follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at F-U-N-K-E-F-L-Y, uh, Funke Fly, and on Twitch at the same username. Uh, also, you can check out my site. Uh, it's in my bio for all those things. It's funke.cargo.site. Uh, yeah, and I'm doing some projects. I got some stuff in the works, but yeah, I'm doing some freelance. Hell yeah, go support Funke. We're going to talk more about Funke in the post show, including Funke's gaming history, so stay tuned for that. Remember ah. this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>